0: Howdy folks, it's your Slugcaster Isabella here. Thanks for tuning in to Slugcast this week. As someone who came to UCSC from out of state, I knew virtually nothing about Santa Cruz aside from it being home to redwood forests and sweet surf spots. But the more I got to talking to the people around me about this town, I started to uncover bits and pieces of Santa Cruz's history hard to find on any commemorative plaque. It was my photography teacher at UCSC, Jack Chapman, that first taught me that Santa Cruz was not always the surf city it is today. Jack shared with me that right where the Trader Joe's parking lot stands today is where Santa Cruz's last Chinatown stood. A lot of the history you can find about our region is dedicated to the various missions and Spanish explorers that colonized the area. Before this period of colonization, Santa Cruz was home to indigenous people belonging to the Ama, Mutsun, Yupi, and Awaswas native tribes. The people of these tribes were stripped of their religion and robbed of their land in the late 1700s upon arrival of the Spanish missions. There are theories that suggest that California's coast was visited by Chinese sailors well before Spanish exploration, but what drove Chinese immigrants in large numbers to reside on California shores was prospects of a better future during the gold rush. Further influenced by industrialization, the Chinese immigrant population in the 1890s made up nearly 5% of the 19,000 people residing in Santa Cruz County, which at the time was the largest non-white demographic group. There were distinct neighborhoods of Chinese immigrants in Santa Cruz called Chinatowns, and the people living in these Chinatowns were mostly bachelors working as laborers, cooks, gardeners, fishermen, factory workers, and construction workers building railways and roads. As noted by former Cabrillo College professor Sandy Leiden in his book Chinese Gold, The Chinese in the Monterey Region, Though the Chinese are not explicitly mentioned in the local and regional histories, if you hold each page to the light, you can make out a faint pattern. The longer you look, the stronger the pattern becomes. The Chinese are in the very paper. They are the watermark. The progress these immigrants made towards creating efficient transportation infrastructure led to great economic success in the area, and Santa Cruz was soon flourishing. Understanding that America has a long history of anti immigrant sentiments, the large population of Chinese people in Santa Cruz in the 1800s were not exactly welcomed with open arms by their surrounding community. In 1879, an editorial in the Santa Cruz Sentinel explicitly portrayed Chinese immigrants in the community as half human, half devil, rat eating, rag wearing, law ignoring, Christian civilization hating, opium smoking, labor degrading, entrail sucking celestials. These xenophobic and discriminatory sentiments held by white citizens in the community drove many Chinese immigrants to the outskirts of the town, as many landlords would not even rent to Chinese people. It's my understanding that these concentrated communities of Chinese immigrants changed locations a number of times in response to xenophobia. The first of Santa Cruz's Chinatowns was located right on today's Pacific Avenue, the heart of downtown. Then the community was pushed east towards Front Street, where the town's red light district was erected in response to work discrimination by race. The third move was to Chestnut Street, around the area where Depot Park stands today. After a large portion of the community on Front Street was burned in the Great Fire of 1894, the community was placed in an area at high risk of environmental destruction. This saw to the flooding of the last Chinatown in Santa Cruz that stood next to the San Lorenzo River on December 22nd in 1955. That's where a commemorative bridge stands today, visible from the Trader Joe's parking lot. During the 1870s, yellow peril swept the country with anti-Chinese sentiments and led to the institution of discriminatory laws barring Chinese immigration to the United States. These laws were repealed in 1934, but that doesn't necessarily mean that xenophobic sentiments were erased from the American psyche. We've seen a resurgence of xenophobia and hate crimes towards Asian Americans following the COVID-19 outbreak. More than 2,100 hate incidents targeting Asian Americans and related to COVID-19 were reported nationwide between March and June of 2020. Hearing that my larger community is suffering deeply saddens me. And I feel a responsibility as a community member to help when and where I can. And there are ways that you can help, too. If you're a slug in the Bay Area, you can volunteer with Compassion Oakland, which provides chaperone services to promote safety in the community. If you're not able to volunteer your time, there are organizations that you can also donate to. More information about that can be found at their websites, the Oakland Vietnamese Community Center at oaklandvnchamber.com the Asian Law Caucus at www.advancingjustice-alc.org, the Stop AAPI Hate Organization at stopaapihate.org, the Asian Prisoner Support Committee at www.asianprisonersupport.com, and the APENEJ at apen4ej.org. Even sharing this podcast with one person you know can help spread awareness about issues of discrimination within our community. I'm happy that I had the opportunity to share this bit of Santa Cruz's history with you all, and I'm excited to come back and share more tidbits of Santa Cruz's hidden history. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Slugcast.